Hello, and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today we're going to have a very interesting show. We have a roundtable on the subject of urban farming and, interestingly, cryptocurrency. And you might be scratching your head wondering, what do these two have to do with each other? They seem like utterly discreet and distinct subjects. Well, they are, but in today's roundtable, they will be united. They will be integrated in each other, and you will understand why by the end of today's show, because it's a very interesting, intimate, and new relationship that is being forged between that world of cryptocurrency and the world of projects that are here to serve the planet, here to serve people, here to serve the world. And that is fundamentally the theme of today's show. And in particular, we're going to be looking at a project called UPAG. And we're going to be looking at, because inside of that is urban farming. So we're going to be looking at this phenomenon that is growing literally across the world for lots of interesting reasons. Some of them are a little disturbing, and we'll be going into that too. But we'll be looking at very much the health-affirming and the money-generating, as well as the micro-green fertilizing types of subjects in today's show. And we have a very interesting, wonderful group of people to discuss this today. And uh, we're going to be starting with uh, one gentleman named John Hart, who will be leaving us a little earlier than the others. John has vast experience as a farmer and in agriculture. He's got expertise in this field, and he's been involved personally and professionally in this industry for some years now. An organic certification specialist and plant supplement advisor to a private manufacturer in Ohio, John has valuable knowledge and experience in healthy eating, nutrition, and growing. Gail Rahill is an integrated communication specialist responsible for helping to direct UPAG's marketing communications initiatives. She earned her bachelor's in mass communications from St. Bonaventure University and her master's in public relations from Syracuse University. She's directed many major advertising and public relations campaigns for her clients during the past 30 years of her career. Gail resides in Rochester, New York, and has two beautiful daughters. Lynette Arton has been a lifelong entrepreneur working in the pet industry as the owner and operator of multiple pet grooming salons, full-line pet supplies, and boarding and kenneling facilities. Now she's spending a lot of her time growing in her own home these microgreens that are making her own family healthy and nourishing the entire community in which she lives at this point, and it's only, no pun intended, growing. So it's a real pleasure to have these three guests on today as part of today's roundtable. And we're going to just start from the top and understand what this phenomenon of urban farming is, what UPAG is in that space, which is this global, wonderful enterprise, and then um, at the end of it, understand the role of cryptocurrency 
in this space as well. So, uh, Gail, I would love to start with you. Welcome, first of all, to the show, all three of you. It's really a pleasure to have you well, on. Well, thank you, Mitchell. Thank you for having us on. It's it's wonderful to just be able to have this platform to uh, you know talk about what uh, urban pure agriculture, which is UPAG, what uh, <clears throat> you know what their their mission, what their movement is. And exactly. essentially how, you know, how they've, they've gone from, you know, from really successful um, enterprise in traditional farming and how they're transitioning into, um, into urban farming. Into urban farming and which is all organic, by the way, no small point these days, Gail, for what's going on in the commercial ag world and uh, unfortunately toxifying our food along the way. And we have, uh, you know, just altogether too many examples of that. But we will get into looking at sort of the deleterious aspects of what has happened to our food supply. I think it's really important for people to understand because it's not lightweight. It's very serious. It's actually causing huge number of illnesses across not just this country but the world, and UPAG has endeavored to do a lot about it. So if you would, just please start with um, defining first urban farming, the larger picture, and then the more particular picture of this thing you refer to as UPAG. Sure. Well, <clears throat> urban farming is uh, really it's, it's becoming a, a growing need uh, based on the fact that the you know the world's population uh, by 2050 is supposed to uh, explode by about three billion additional people, and uh, really what needs to happen is obviously these people need to be fed, but also the uh, you know the farming needs to be pushed into uh, the urban urban settings because it really has become a huge issue as far as. Uh, being able to supply urban areas um, and other remote areas with fresh produce uh, because the supply chain really, and I'm going to let Lynette talk about that in a minute, but the supply chain really does, it does worse than uh, degrade the nutritional value. It actually borders, you know, it crosses that line of harming us with GMOs, with, you know, pesticides, the fertilizers that are used, and, you know, so we we go into the grocery store and we think we're loading up our cart with, you know, really with great things. Healthy things. And we're fuel- yeah. Right, exactly. And then we're fueling our body as effectively as we can. And um, unfortunately, in most of the cases, that's not true. And uh, that really is where, where UPAG comes in uh, with their mission. Uh, another Another variable that acts as a challenge to, um, you know, really to, to people being able to eat as nutritionally and as healthy as possible is the, is the cost factor. It's very expensive to eat nutritiously and to eat healthy. Yes. So And organically it's become, <clears throat> oh, you know, skyrocketing in cost. Absolutely. And I want to make one point about that because we, we consider organic foods really to be the, you know, the crown jewel when it comes to nutrition. And, and actually what UPAG is doing is uh, it, it's a class above that, which is uh, pure foods. So the, the mm. produce literally is, is, is pure. It's, done, it's grown hydroponically, so that's soilless, 
so there's there's yeah. no fertilizers. The seeds are all non-GMO, pathogen-free. Uh, so really, when you you know when you grow your own UPAG produce, you know microgreens, fruits, vegetables. When you when you grow those and you grow them in your own house, you're really taking back control of what it is you're eating and what you're feeding your loved ones. And that's really important because we've lost control. Huge. You know, we've we've completely lost control. We don't know what we're eating anymore. We don't know where the food's been, you know, before it hits our dinner table. We don't even know if it's food anymore. Right. (laughs) There are lookalikes these days, you know. So we're not even sure exactly. It's really true. It's really true. I'd like to just turn attention for a moment to Lynette, and then we'll circle back, Gail, and – You'll, you know, you'll, you'll continue on, no pun intended, feeding the uh, round table. Um, <laughs> I, I, by the way, I should really just declare at the beginning that I um, make puns that I cannot control. So if it happens, and it will, uh, please forgive me from the outset, okay? I'd appreciate it. <laughs> So, on that note, <laughs> Lynette Arton, uh, you've been involved, as has Gail in this in this whole endeavor and uh interesting you've gone from the world the pet world into the plant world and uh, could you talk a little bit about that transition and what kind of prompted that you're the mother of two daughters is that correct and uh, i'd love to hear about what fed here we go fed your interest in changing uh your uh professional career and what what's going on well, I actually retired from the pet industry probably about, it's been about eight years ago now. And I have one daughter and three sons, actually. Um, oh, so sorry. Yes. What, it's oh, Gail yeah, with two right. daughters, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What got my interest um, peaked in the microgreen world is uh, I turned 50 last November. And, you know, you start to see the wrinkles and the body aches and everything starts to happen, <laughs> right? And so when I got involved with the microgreens and started growing and eating them myself, I started to notice a major difference in the way I felt. Um, I have scoliosis of the spine, and so I, and as a younger kid, I was actually in a brace for four years, and my entire life I've experienced back pain, which is mostly due from inflammation. But eating the mm. microgreens, I've noticed that my back isn't aching any longer. And the dark circles I had underneath my eyes have gone away. My hair is healthier. And so I've really become um, addicted to exploring um, what is actually behind food. I did grow up in the city and have probably been on a farm maybe once in my life until I started growing the microgreens. And so I had no idea whatsoever um, what went into food how it's grown, how it's transported, and quite frankly, I'm not even sure that I had heard of GMOs um, prior to growing the microgreens. And the the knowledge and the education that I have um, learned over just the last six months has, I mean, I don't even like walking into a grocery store, to be honest with you, because now that I know what's in our food, I can't go to fast food restaurants anymore and eat and feel mm-hmm. good about it um, because I know what yes. it's doing to my body. Going to the grocery store, I find myself reading labels and I don't even and can't even pronounce half of what, you know, are in the foods. And so you I have really, to know um, Latin. 
Yeah, exactly. And so I've really, I've gotten to where, I hate to use the word addicted, but I really am. I've almost become addicted to the foods um, that, that I grow, that I, that I eat. And I probably talk about it at least three to four or five times a day with whoever I come in contact with, um, simply because I feel like the health risks of not knowing what you're eating are so grave for the majority of the population that I believe everybody deserves the courtesy of learning um, as much as they can about their food, the nutrition, and what they're doing to their bodies. Hold that thought because we will be – we will be returning to that thought shortly, but John Hart uh, is uh, got to be leaving us sooner than later, and I really want to bring him in here to the discussion because he brings a whole new, interesting uh, professional perspective in the space of uh, farming and agriculture. So, John, welcome to the show. A pleasure to have you. Yeah, Mitchell, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, you too are involved in this urban pure agriculture uh, movement, and I think it's a fair word to use here. What is it? Uh, why don't you describe a little bit about it and what your role is in it? Sure, I, I'd say that uh, you know role right now is is uh, very flexible. Um, I've, I've been having lots of enjoyable conversations with. Uh, uh, Gail and Sally, as far as, you know, different ways that I could add value. Um, you know, right now I see myself as more of just a, a resource. Uh, a lot of folks feel really, uh, they come up short, I guess, is the easiest way to say it, uh, when it, when it comes to having a good grasp on agriculture and uh, growing food. So a lot of times having somebody who's been there and done that um, is really beneficial to have on board just to kind of bounce ideas off of or to, uh, to think kind of through a whole conversation. I had some clarity, if you will. I like that. I like that. So you're used to growing food in the ground with soil, and UPAG's entire uh, trajectory is growing food without soil. So what would you see as the relative benefits or if there are any disadvantages to that? How do you see that space? Oh, great question. Um, I think actually that uh, uh, the company is definitely on to uh, the future, to put it frankly. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I, I've done a little bit of hydroponic growing myself. Um, honestly, we converted my uh, back room in my house um, probably about eight months to a year uh, before I had actually gotten involved with the company. So now I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm playing mad scientist back there, trial and error, learning, and, and it, and it kind of hit me all at once that, you know, oh, my goodness, I am producing three and four and five times amount of food in, in a half the amount of time in, in less space. And, and all of a sudden, like this light bulb went on, and I was like, I've been doing it wrong the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't so, that uh, interesting? So, so are you – so because of the the size considerations, the space, the land, um, and also the speed, the volume of food that comes with a shorter duration. So you're saying that is uh, what kind of recommends hydroponics over regular soil growing? I would say that that would be, at least in my estimation, the uh, the first of several – 
bullet points. Um, really close on, on a number two, a second would be the fact that uh, with that, you have a controlled environment. And with that, there's no pest issues as long as you're keeping, you know, clean areas, which everybody should be focusing on. Uh, there's not a lot of pathogen issues uh, as long as you've got uh, good circulation for your, um, you know, water, which is your, your nutrient carrier. And uh, I, I just find it an overall better way to grow. It's a powerful statement coming from someone who is a professional farmer and ag expert. I mean, this could be transformative if we decide to grow, let's say, in our windowsills and grow vertically instead of horizontally using land. Uh, the real estate gets a little cheaper also. It, it definitely does. You know, it, it really, what we set out to do as a family uh, was, was to see over winter if we could actually uh, feed ourselves completely uh, vegetable-wise off of our back room, which was uh, 10 by 10, to give you kind of a, an idea for space. Um, yeah. We had cucumbers, we had tomatoes, um, all sorts of lettuces, kale. Uh, the, the possibilities are absolutely endless, and everything was phenomenal. I, I couldn't tell you how many times we had friends over for dinner, and literally I was like, okay, I'm going to go you know, pick some lettuce and grab some tomatoes and cut up a cucumber, and they're like, what are you talking about? And I take them back there, their jaws would drop, <laughs> and they would be like, this is insane. I was like, no, it's cheaper. And I'm not spending all of that horrible money on transportation from one side of the country to the next. It, it's local. And the flavor is so much better, sense. too, don't you think, Jen? Oh, absolutely. Hands down. You, you pick something right off the vine, it, it just brand new. Everybody's happy. Yeah, you, you smile ear to ear. I love it. I'm glad you asked that question, Lynette, because I was what I was going to ask the flavor. And so there you have. Not only is it sort of like convenience, but it's also grown quickly, and it's on mass, and it's highly flavorable. Yeah, I, I would like to add maybe one more thing in there that a lot of people Please. don't really think about when it comes to to health. Um, let's say you go to the grocery store and you see this bright red ripe tomato quote-unquote, ripe, that's hard as a baseball. Um, you know, that's been sitting there for, let's say, realistically, seven to ten days. By the time it was it was picked, transported, treated with gas to make it turn that pretty red color, and then yep. in the grocery store shelf. Point in time, half of the nutrients have already degraded. Now, when you pick something right off the vine, you're getting, like, literally the, the, the cream of the crop. So not only is it more effective, it's more efficient, and it's more cost-effective, you're actually getting a double punch of uh, nutrition just because of the way that we're growing locally now as opposed to all over God's green earth. Oh, God. Well, what you're talking about there, John, is the presence of the enzymes, which are completely available at the moment that you have plucked it off of the vine. <clears throat> it's enzyme-rich. Whereas when it sits in a truck, refrigerated truck, when it sits in the box, when it sits on the store shelf, it's losing all of that enzymatic activity. And as you're saying, nutritional vitamins and minerals are all going by the wayside. So it may look pretty, but it's not doing a whole lot of good from the point of view of nutrition. Wow. Last, last comments before you have to go. Uh, no, I, again, I really appreciate just the opportunity to have us on and, and the platform to uh, really just kind of 
spread a few more uh, good words out there to folks and, and uh, let us know what we're doing. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you a lot, John Hart, for your input and for your giving um, ongoing counsel to this wonderful group, UPAG, which has uh, such a mission at hand, and uh, it's really important that you're part of it. So thanks so much, and thanks for your really input to our audience today. Absolutely. Absolutely. No you folks have real good okay? Good. You too now. So that was John Hart, who is part of this wonderful, wonderful group, and uh, we're continuing on with the roundtable with two of the leaders of UPAC who have been helping to pioneer this truly global movement of education about the nature of our current food supply, which many of us have been painfully aware of for a long, long time. And it's not just that, but also going a much more proactive step. Uh, the proactive step being, of course, uh, that we can be empowered to grow food in our own windowsill or, if you prefer, your own closet but or basement, for that matter. In fact, that raises a question I want to uh, ask in just a moment. But the idea that we are taking control of our own food, our, which means our own nutrition, which means our own health, is so important in a world where even in the wealthiest, financially wealthiest countries, there are massive numbers of people that have malnutrition. We are malnourished because of the so-called fast foods and fake, you know, we talk about fake news these days. Well, what we really should be talking about is fake food. So... Exactly. Anyway, so glad to have you both on, right? Exactly. It's fake food. So, Lynette, you mentioned something about flavor. I think that's very important. So would you pick up on that, on what your experience is? It's so funny because you have been a real kind of a junk food kind of gal. I mean, you just didn't have any Absolutely. knowledge about about health and nutrition. I mean, by and large, you represent, in a way, a lot of the American population. And you made this radical, radical change all of, what did you say, six or eight months ago, and your life is completely different. So I'd love to hear you unpack that a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Well, I can tell you, I was the junk food junkie from high school on. I had every day my lunch consisted of uh, an ice cream sandwich, one of the ice cream drumsticks. I had two no-bake cookies, a can of Coke, and a Snicker bar. That was my lunch every day. And as I went on, you know, through my adulthood, I hit a fast food restaurant almost every single day for lunch. Um, if I was going to be late getting the kids to wrestling practice or football practice, we ran through a, you know, fast food drive-through, and I never knew um, all the harmful uh, parts to the food that I was feeding my own kids. You know, if I would have had the education then in just even the short six months that I have now, um, even their lives I think would be different on a, on a healthy level. Um, but absolutely growing your own food and intense flavor and, it's got a freshness about it that you just won't find in a grocery store. And I had just made a point actually to my mom and my dad here a couple of weeks ago, we were out, uh, I was at their house having lunch 
And we got to talking about the microgreens and growing your own produce. And I looked at my mom and dad and I said, don't you remember when I was a kid, if we cut up an apple or we cut up a banana, that apple and that banana would turn brown and the banana black within 15 minutes. You know, it, it was, you ate it quick or you didn't cut it up. And mm-hmm. she's like, well, no, I guess I haven't really noticed that. So I went home the next day and I cut an apple in quarters and I peeled a banana and cut it in half, peeled it, put it in a bowl, took a picture of it and sent it to her. And 12 hours later, I took a picture of the same fruit and sent that to her, and it didn't look any different. And 12 hours from then, it started to get this little tiny bit of yellow to it. The banana was still clearly white, had very little brown to it, and I actually sent those pictures to Gail. And it's like, okay, what is in our food that it doesn't turn color and it doesn't start to shrivel like it used to when we were younger? So with all the chemicals and the fertilizers and all the genetic modification to it, we're not eating healthy food. And the foods that we're eating are definitely contributing to the obesity and all the chronic illnesses and disease. But to answer your question, I believe that because you're eating food in its purest form, the flavor is like nothing that you would recognize if you shifted from grocery to the pure food. Um, it's just an incredible flavor. It's very intense and it's very crunchy and it's just, I don't know how to explain it other than once you start to eat that way, it's very hard to eat food that doesn't, you know, even come close to that same flavor or texture. And well, you're doing a good job brain. of describing it because I'm already hungry. So something's yeah. working here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, that's something I think that we've all noticed over time it looks like a tomato, but it doesn't taste like a tomato. It tastes a little bit like kind of moist cardboard. And what's happened? Lettuce doesn't taste mm-hmm. like lettuce. I'm talking about store-bought. Uh, the foods, uh, bananas just don't taste like bananas. It's just like this. They're almost flavorless. And I actually think that what we're doing is we are eating uh, the visual experience more than mm-hmm. the actual tangible uh, material experience mm-hmm. of the item itself. Do you follow that? We're expecting. We're eating our expectations. Exactly. But I'm I also sorry? feel like this food, I also feel like this food was um, presented to us with no knowledge and no choice. You know, when they started to, genetically modified food back in 1992 and they introduced it to the market in 1994. um, And then it's just increased where now, you know, 85 to 90% of all the foods you eat, it's been genetically modified in one form or another because of the four main crops, which are your corn, soil or soy um, and grains and your um, corn, soy. Anyway, I'm losing that train of thought, but there's four of your main crops that they genetically modify cotton, soy, um, corn, and then your grains. And all of that is in your processed foods, you know. And so it's basically been shoved on us without our permission, with no labeling. The, You know, our government agencies do not require any labeling of genetically modified food, nor do they really require any further testing than the scientists who are genetically modifying it. So we're taking them on their word that this is, you know, safe for humans, yet there's no extensive testing being done on it. 
And so now you're looking at us as being what I call human lab rats without any choice of our own. Because as kids start out, you know, like my two-year-old granddaughter, of course I'm going to feed her what her parents have in their shelves, right, for her breakfast, lunch, and her dinner. And so she has not had a choice whether to eat healthy or not either because, you know, my, my kids go to the grocery store. They buy what's readily available, just as everybody else does, not knowing the harmful effects of it. And then we pass it on to her. So I think you acquire the taste that they want you to think is the natural taste of food that really is not, if that whole long explanation makes any sense. You know, something can be, you can slowly get used to something and not even realize that you have. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. I do. There are many people, just know, that have been tracking the uh, process of the distortion and bastardization of our food supply for a long, long time. You may have come to it when you did, and that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their own moment of awakening. But I happen to have uh, uh, earned the chagrin of my own mother when I was 16 when I started to make uh, seaweed soup in her kitchen and whole grain <laughs> bread that I needed by myself because I got onto this path as a, as a young teenager because I was mm-hmm. of that age and I was of that kind of a milieu, that community, that uh, this information was available, and I sought it out. So everyone has their own time of ripening, if you will, and uh, of kind of recognizing how it is we're being abused, honestly and literally mm-hmm. abused through our food. I want to let everybody know that you are listening to A Better World Radio with Mitchell J. Rabin. We are on the air every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we have a weekly newsletter, which we'd love for you to be able to get. It's free. It's uh, available at www.abetterworld.tv, abetterworld.tv in the right-hand column. Sign up and become part of A Better World community. Love to have you. We're also on the air on television here in the Big Apple. Um, It's a non-GMO apple, by the way. We're a very healthy, pure (laughs) apple here in New York City. And uh, we're on every Monday at 7 p.m. And you can listen either if you are in Manhattan right on television or on our website, through our website, by clicking on the upper right-hand corner where it says, Click to Watch. And that's at 7 o'clock every Monday evening. So certainly feel free to join us while I interview the sung and the unsung heroes of society. And you two are an example, and John are examples, and the other people who are part of your team, Gail, of unsung heroes. You're in the trenches, working, pioneering, forging a new way of Eating, a new way of growing. Yes, of course, we've had hydroponics around. Yes, growing in windowsills has been around also. However, putting it together, connecting all of these dots so that people without money in all parts of the world can actually be growing food, even if it's in their own hut, they can do it for very little cost and have the healthiest of the healthiest right there on their shelves and to be able to even make money at it by selling the, um, the excess, the surplus, 
in the local farmer's market, for instance, or something of that sort. This is brilliant. And I, I just, that's why I so wanted to have you on to talk about this whole enterprise. It's called social enterprise. It's doing good and doing well, you know. By doing good, you're doing well. So could you talk to that a little bit? Love to hear what you have to say. Who are you yeah. directing that to? I'm sorry. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I know yeah, you were yeah. you were eating some basil leaves in the background. I was. I was. No, I'm sorry. I thought you were addressing <laughs> to that. No, no absolutely. I'll, you know, I'll tell you what. It's um, and Lynette and I were talking about this the other day. It's wonderful to uh, wake up and be excited about what it is you're going to be doing. You know, during the day. And uh, just like Lynette, I've learned so much uh, just about nutrition, about supply chain, et cetera, since beginning to work uh, on this project. And uh, it really has been an eye-opening experience. I, you know, I always thought that I was somewhat knowledgeable, you know, as far as nutrition was concerned, only to find out that um, I think I've been in denial my whole life. So, um, it, you know, it's, but to be able to, to be involved in something where you really are doing, you're, you're doing something that is um, not only good, but that really is vital uh, globally. And uh, to be able to spend your day doing that, it just really gives you a good feeling when you, you know, you put your head down to, to go to sleep at night. Oh, and boy. You know what, you can't, you, there There are so many things in life that you do as a quote-unquote job that you can't say that about. So, That's right. Um, That's right. You know, just like. It's really just true. Like, yeah, just like UPAG's on a mission and, and forging a movement, um, that's, you know, that's how we feel. And uh, exactly. we're just, quite honestly, we're just honored to be part of it and having a lot of fun along the way. So, and, and you know, knowledge Fantastic. is really good. Uh, one of. One of UPEG's major initiatives, as well as uh, it's an educational platform. And let's face it, nobody is uh, driven to make a change unless they're, you know, empowered with with information. And that is what uh, what this educational platform will do in a very engaging way, uh, you know, for for kids and for adults alike. Um, there's going to be a gaming app that will essentially, uh, in a really fun way, help help you understand um, the consequences of certain choices that you make when you when you eat and how you can make better choices. Um, mm. You know, there will be plenty of eBooks and and tutorials, et cetera. So, you know, what what happens is you're armed with the information, and then the follow through is with the product line that UPAG offers. So, um, you know, and just and, and also how they're introducing it, uh, their mission globally. So, and if so I why don't you stay? What? Why don't you spell out, if you would, Gail, spell out the mission, and also then tell us about how people can get involved because this is very much a community effort. You know, you're serving the larger human community. Well, not just human, but you know the uh, larger uh, sentient community. Could you talk about, number one, the mission, and then how people can get involved? Because there are actually a few different ways people can get involved, 
and also that they can generate an income for themselves as well. I mean, we're living in a country here with 18 million children going hungry, going to bed hungry every single night. Yes, the so-called richest, materially richest and spiritually impoverished. How can we live like this? So hit us with the mission. Hit us what we can do, with what we can do. Absolutely. That's why, that's why, exactly why I, we call the mission and the mission feeds in to create the, the movement. But if I had to summarize uh, the, the mission, it's, it's really led by a core belief. So everything is driven through this core belief, which is that every single person globally has the absolute right to eat as nutritiously as possible, regardless of where they live in the world and regardless of what their financial situation is. And, you know, on the face of it, that seems like, well, that's not a big deal. It's a huge deal because when you break that, when you break that huge. statement down, you're talking about, uh, first of all, you're talking about a global uh, belief. And, you know, right within, within that scope, there are so many variables are involved. I mean, we have areas, you know, globally that have such a, you know, water scarcity. Um, again, we can talk about the affordability factor, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as far as people are concerned, the geographic area that they live in, uh, climate, and, you know, all of these variables um, UPAG has, has addressed. Uh, and, and really the, you know, the solution is, is in the products, first obviously in educating and then in the, in the uh, products, and then also in the e-commerce, on the e-commerce platform, and I'll let Lynette talk about that in a little bit, but those three, mm-hmm. those three factors together, um, you know, really do create uh, a, a perfect marriage that does uh, enable that, that mission, you know, that belief, that mission to, uh, you know, to really drive, drive the movement. And it, it's, it's realistic. Mm-hmm. So it takes essentially kind of like a dream and makes it, you, you know, you, you go on this mission, you, you set your, you know, you set your path. And uh, you turn it into a reality. And, uh, you know, globally, people are absolutely loving the product. You know, so when you talk about the product, it is um, hydroponic. So, you know, soilless. Um, and, you know, you can grow it in, in anywhere. And you take the climate out of, you know, out of the equation, the equation. because you're growing, you're growing indoors. So you've got temperature, you know, and all climate control. Essentially, yeah. so you can yield you can yield bigger crops, um, you know, and and again, uh, obviously the most it's the most nutritious food you can eat. So um, that is the, that that is what UPAG stands for, and um, they they are showing themselves uh, to be to to becoming really the leader in this, you know, in, in the industry, uh, in the agriculture industry is a huge, you know, multi-trillion dollar industry. And, oh, for sure. uh, to really, to really, uh, you know, be able to make some noise in that interest industry and make a paradigm shift from where we are now nutritionally to where we should be is that's a huge deal. And that's what this, this that's what this entire movement movement is about. We're really talking about world transformation here. Nothing short of it. Nothing short of it. And it's also the democratization of food, by the way, and empowering people. It's it's sort of like 
we've always had the ma and pa farmers before big ag really took uh, hold commercial agriculture, which really is what, and monocropping, which has destroyed everything, everything. Mm -hmm. And we're really, I feel that UPAC is pioneering a return, you know, you could say a return to the land. It's a return to the windowsill. And um, it it allows everybody to grow their own. So we're back to a ma and pa shop, so to speak, but inside one's own home with hydroponics, which is actually in an extremely intelligent way. And John Hart, who is, you know, a professional in the field, was saying that he was getting much bigger yields, much more flavorful, no small thing, and much more nutritious without a lot of the problems that we encounter um, with soil growing. And, by the way, there's a place for that. I, I really believe there is. But if one can offset some of that, or have a new proportion of hydroponic, then God bless. It's it's wonderful. Gail, how would yeah. people – let's get into also the cryptocurrency piece because that's another way that people can get involved. And I know that you've got a profit-sharing thing. I think that that might have come to an end just today. But maybe you can speak to both how people can get involved uh, through the cryptocurrency. and But start off first, if you wouldn't mind – what is the relationship to cryptocurrency, this entire, entirely newfangled way of dealing with, with currency, and um, UPAC? Well, actually, to, you know, the, the, the best person to speak to that is Lynette because she's absolutely brilliant um, in, this, Beautiful. in this category. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, turn it over to you, Lynette, because you can put it much better than I can. Oh, great. Lynette, por favor. Well, thanks for making me sound brilliant. <laughs> okay, I'll do my best. Well, they come together very well because when you look on a global level, there are many countries where people don't have access to a bank. They don't have access to um, money, different fiat currencies or whatnot. And so it makes, you know, the exchange of currency from farmer to consumer difficult Um when when that is the case. And now you look over here at the United States, and there's a lot of people over here uh, that do not have, you know, bank accounts. You know, with the crash and everything that we went through over the past several years, a lot of people, you know, got really bad credit. They don't have access to bank accounts. And so the cryptocurrency just makes it very easy um, for people to have access uh, to money. And so... By adding the crypto, and is that because it's online? In a sense, it's it's accessible online, so you don't need a physical bank. You are doing exchanges exactly. online. Yeah, and they're instant. You know, I mean, I could be at a farmer's market right now, and let's say, you know, I've got a plastic card that I can use in my wallet, and or I have my Trezor wallet or my cell phone to access to my, you know, uh, crypto wallet. Well, if I if I pay with with a credit card or a debit card. It's going to take two to three days before, you know, the farmer gets paid because it's got to go through so many different um, stages and fees and costs before it actually hits, you know, their bank account. Some people, you know, will get it in 48 hours, but oftentimes it's not immediate. Using cryptocurrency, I could pay the same farmer with just the push of a button and it's immediately accessible to them in their account. So, so it makes the transacting instantaneous, faster, it's more reliable. 
Um, and there's absolutely, honestly, because of the, the tracking of the crypto, although it, you know, it has this anonymity feature to it, the blockchain just simply me, means that each payment has a link, right? And there's always um, a trail. And so you don't have to worry about, um, you know, not being able to prove that you were, you made your payment or whatnot. So it's, it's uh-huh. super easy for people to use. Now, I think it's a lot easier to use a mobile wallet than I do a wallet that's in my purse. I mean, that's just my own personal opinion. If I lose mm-hmm. my wallet that's in my purse, I've lost all my money. I've got to, you know, hurry and rush through, you know, call the banks, make sure they cancel my credit cards. But my cryptocurrency is secure. I could, I could have my treasure wallet in my purse and it could be gone, but nobody's going to have access to that because they don't have access to my private key. So my funds that are in crypto is still safe. You know, it could go through 10 people's hands, that wallet. It could exchange, exchange, exchange. What about people who say that what about people who say, Lynette, that uh, cryptocurrency is so new and it's un, untested and it's uncertain and the big boys might want to control it anyway? Well, the big boys are always going to want to control it because that's what the big boys do, right? It's all about control, who's going to control the world. So, And that's why they don't like the cryptocurrency because it really puts the power back into people. Um, it has been over a year since I've even walked into a bank because I solely use cryptocurrency. I, if I need the fiat cash, I'll, you know, exchange it for the U.S. dollar and I'll have it sent to my, you know, crypto debit card. And then I'll be able to pay using the U.S. dollar. But I, I no longer use banks because it's not necessary um, and that's what your big boys are afraid of because that is what it's coming to. I remember when, you know, Very our parents used checkbooks. I used a checkbook, right? And when plastic started to become a big thing, people were really freaked out about that. You know, I remember when I was younger, a kid, and, you know, our parents weren't real keen on the new plastic debit and credit cards. And, you know, they used to say pretty soon people won't carry a checkbook anymore. Everything will be plastic. Well, mm-hmm. people didn't believe that that was ever going to be, you know, the next big thing either. You know, when the Internet hit us in the in the 90s. Now everything um, is electronic. It's gone the next exactly. step. Exactly. And yeah. so the cryptocurrency yeah. is actually then, then fiat currency, if, you know, if you really study it and dig into it. Um, and so, That's yeah, so it is kind That's of That's a fascinating new, perspective. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So are you telling me that in your daily life, are you saying that in your daily life you use almost no fiat currency? How do you pay your electric bill? Well, if I need to use the fiat currency, I'll take my Bitcoin or crypto. I mean, I have several different ones, but I'll exchange it and transfer it into a crypto debit card that basically turns it into the U.S. dollar for me. But I don't need a okay. bank to do that. It's all done online, you know, from wallet. So you to have wallet. a crypto so debit just, card, obviously. I do. So what I do is I just take my cryptocurrency and I'll do the exchange into fiat. You know, just like if I wanted to travel to Canada and I needed the Canadian dollar, you know, I'm going to go to the bank and exchange U.S. dollar for the Canadian dollar. Well, I do the same thing online um, at the exchanges. I just, you know, convert my cryptocurrency into the U.S. dollar and then I can spend it. But I don't need a bank for that. 
so I don't have to well, worry I'm about Well, I'm going to have to learn a lot either, from you, you know. my dear. I'm going to have to learn a lot from you. It's, Talk about, if you would, please, and both of you can certainly chime in here, please, uh, in how people who may be listening to this show can get involved in UPAG through the cryptocurrency, through the microgreens, through the profit sharing. What what are the ways that people listening um, can get involved? Well, let me talk about what with the profit sharing. It's really it's not really um, a typical profit share. What it is is it's a it's a it's a co-op. It's a growers co-op, and with UPAG, the whole idea is to get as many people growing their own microgreens to start with and then produce. They have their vertical systems that will be for commercial use as well as, you know, in-home use. But, right, you know, for the next few months, their main focus is on the microgreens for a few reasons. One, they are four to 40 times more nutritious than their full-grown counterpart plant. And they're very Mm -hmm. easy to grow. The turnaround time is 10 to 12 days. There are no soils. You don't have to have any crazy hydroponic system set up. The, it's such an easy uh, system. You literally take their grow medium. It's got everything already packed inside that you need. You lay it in your growing tray. You spread your seeds and you water it maybe twice or three times over the 10 to 12 days. That's it. And your microgreens are ready to eat. And you just cut them fresh, you know, as you, as you use them. And so, yes, they're, you know, the growing the microgreens is not necessarily a new thing, but the system that UPAG has, I believe, is very new. I literally will get my um, kit in the mail, and I have my grow medium. It's already, all I literally do is lift it up, put it in the grow tray. There's no mess. I add the water to it. I lay the seeds out. I cover it up, germinate for three days. I uncover it. I water it again. Three or four days go by, I'll water it again, and then I don't water it again. So it takes very little water, um, maybe two cups of water from germination stage to harvest stage. Um, and there's no mess. And I literally just cut above the grow medium. There's no dirt. There's no – they're clean as well. You know, no muck, no fuss. Yeah. Exactly. And So I people can buy these? Where can people – where can people buy these? Um, these they've got four of the hydroponic, four, you know, uh, growing systems that UPAC has. Yeah, there's four or five of the kits on the on the website at this time, and I, I know that that's going to increase over the next 30 days. They said um, you just go to urbanpureag.com, and you can mm-hmm. buy the um, cryptocurrency, and you can buy um, the kits. So you do need the cryptocurrency because it's a full cryptocurrency website. Um, and it's very easy to do. And if anybody has any questions, there's a, you know, contact us on the yeah. on the website, and then somebody from the company will get back with them and help them, you know, answer any of their questions. That's all I literally did. I mean, I just ordered my kit, and I've been growing from there. Um, I'm trying to think of something else you had talked about you wanted to touch on, but... Okay, I wanted to bring up what what is the role? I mean, there's a, the other aspect of what's going on, and this is of course oh, how I learned about you that there is the funding of the project through the use of a token, and a token, of course, is what a cryptocurrency is in its earlier embryonic stage before it 
you know, goes public, so to speak. Gail, could you talk to that a little bit? Yes, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> what you're referring to is the, the ITO, which is an initial token offering. So similar to an IPO um, or an ICO, which is an I, uh, initial coin offering. But in its truest sense, an ITO, what it does is um, it's an ITO is held to uh, raise funds to launch a company or support a cause um, mm-hmm. to to uh you know, help fundraise for for a nonprofit. Uh, in this case, uh, it's being used to uh, fundraise for the the launch of the company. So, people who get involved essentially have like a vested interest in the uh, success of the company. Um, even more important, they have the tokens that they'll be able to uh, use to purchase product. So. Uh, mm-hmm. You know this this uh, ITO is uh, has really uh, you know gained popularity uh, not not only here in the U.S. but really globally, and uh, it helps to it also helps to you know really uh, create support for what it is UPAG is doing, and you know and it does it does uh, really provide almost like a sense of community with the folks who buy the tokens because they they feel as though they're part of the growth of of the growth and the success of UPAG. So uh, right. I, and you have that product that's worth too. A lot of times when you buy yes. you know a token, you don't have any product. It's the promise exactly. of a product in the future where this already has the product, you know, ready to ship and ready to go, which is awesome. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's available right now. It is. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you know, you had mentioned the profit sharing. So what I want to explain to you real quick, because I missed on that, it's not Please. a profit sharing. It's a growers co-op. And so the whole idea is to get as many people growing the microgreens as possible, and to have is to have the microgreens available to the everyday person who cannot afford to buy this higher end product. Um, honestly, organic food, basically. You, well, that too, but even your microgreens, they average 45 to $65 a pound. And so if you're already struggling, you know, to buy nutritious of food course. at the grocery store, then you're really going to struggle to add the microgreens to your diet. A lot of people can't it afford to It does retail that. for that much, huh? 45 Yeah, it does. And, you know, one if you go to the farmer's market, yeah. They uh, yeah you're gonna pay anywhere from three to six dollars an ounce, um, depending on what the microgreen is. Yes. And so you can grow your own microgreens, a ten by twenty tray, for well you know right around three to four dollars, and you're depending on what the microgreen is, you're gonna get eight to fifteen ounces uh, in your yield of of that produce. You know like your sunflower, of course, is gonna be heavier, so you're gonna get fourteen to fifteen ounces, you know, for three to five dollars versus, you know, mm. paying $3 an ounce at, you know, a farmer's market. They also have their growers co-op where the the microgreens will be grown for you. So you can buy X amount of trays of microgreens, and they're grown hydroponically for the client. And you actually will, you can order the microgreens to be sent and delivered to your home. Um, and you get like a 45% discount or something like that on the overall retail price. Then they also will sell them for you at the different farmer markets, and then you get a percentage of the profits based on um, whatever your yield was for growing. And so that's kind of where, you know, the share and the profits would come from. 
is that a lot of people don't want to grow or they think it's just going to be too much work or, you know, they don't have time for it in their life where now you can be part of a grower's co-op where they can be grown for you, gives you a deeper discount, um, you know, for your purchase, but you also can generate some income from selling the surplus, you know, at the farmer markets and whatnot. So it's pretty exciting. I, I love what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really impressed. I really am. It's, it's integrating a few key ingredients of our society together. Uh, everybody is always wondering about uh, the quality of food they're eating, where they're going to get it, uh, and how much money are they making, and where are they going to get it. And this is bringing these two very important things. The next thing we're just going to need is maybe a, like a, a dating service, you know, a, a pure ag <laughs> dating service. <laughs> Good luck on that one. Or just, or just give up on the dating altogether. <laughs> That's what I've done. <laughs> oh, my God. We're looking for love, money, health, right? <laughs> or really, love, well, health, money. But, uh, yeah, I know. Oh, I hear a little disillusionment. Oh, my God. It comes with the, it comes with the turf. No pun intended. There you go. But you're doing hydroponics now, so that changes everything. <laughs> right. But no, I, I appreciate what you both are doing. It's really, it's a remarkable project that uh, I'm, I'm grateful that this is coming into the world, and I love its, um, its international quality. We actually have people listening from all over the world on our shows, and so for people in India, for instance, or Australia, or South Africa, or Mexico, you know, we have people from all over that may want to get involved in this, and you can, and probably the easiest way is just get in touch with me, because I'm, I'm playing with them, because A Better World uh, helps to represent this movement, because we're so fond of the mission here, because it aligns so deeply with our own. So, you know, you can just be in touch with me at mjr at abetterworld.net, mjr at abetterworld.net, and just put in UPAG into the uh, subject line, and I'll uh, certainly make sure you get the information you need. And uh, that's uh, a clean, simple way to get more educated and to become directly involved. And now, do you, I'm just wondering, do you have any kind of regional representatives in different parts of the world? Or is everyone sort of just on their own? Uh, what's that aspect of the community building, Gail? That is their plan. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Gail. <laughs> oh, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, either one. That is their plan either in the future one. as they expand. So, yeah. you know, the expansion would be, and they are looking for people that, you know, want to head that off in their, in their regions, territories, countries, you know. So, you know, of course, you know, it takes a lot of people to expand and move, and it takes, you know, a team effort, um, you know, right. to make a Right. It takes a village, as so, they say. Right. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. So, yeah. That's a beautiful part. You know. And, Gail, you mentioned something about a game app. Could you just expand on that for a moment? Uh, I, you know, I don't know uh, a ton about it. What I do know is that 
that it is, it's meant to be uh, something that does engage, especially younger people, to help them learn about nutrition. And yeah. that's really important because, you know, kids are like sponges. So if they can start learning, um, Early. you know, about, about really the healthy way to eat. Uh, but, you know, it's similar to the, the, uh, the game Farm Bill. Uh, mm-hmm. Except for we can't tell too many details. I have to cut her there just because right. I was told that. That's like proprietary information because it's still in development. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But, yeah, but it has yeah. that. Go ahead. We will not discuss that any concerned. further now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Next subject. No, no, I'm kidding. No, what I was going to say about that was that there's another yes. uh, app that my daughter, and she's 16, and what this app is, is meant for is to um, help help people, and especially kids, you know, um, understand how much water they should be drinking each day. And mm-hmm. every, time she has, every time she has a glass of water, she goes to her app and she feeds her little, her little uh, character there. <laughs> and it's oh. whether or not her character is well hydrated. So, so it's, a, so it's a, just a fun way to engage people. To, yeah. you know, and kind of, enjoy it's a metric for water drinking. Exactly. And, so it's just fun. You know, it's, it'll be an app that does help you just, that, that just engages you so you can, you can learn more and, and become better informed. Yes. Yes. Wonderful. Well, it's, it's very evident that there is a lot of creativity that's going behind this movement. I used that word before. It is a movement. It's a worldwide movement. It's a movement about education. People like you, Lynette, who did not know about how our food supply was being jeopardized. Uh, you know, some of us happen to have just been on the path uh, longer. Um, it just means that we became even sadder, but all the more excited, <laughs> interestingly, um, uh, you know, about the alternatives when people are not trying to kill each other through food, through the slow poisoning of the food supply. Um, we have people like yourselves that are committed to bringing microgreens to every table and changing the health the well-being, the longevity, the clarity of mind, memory, anti-aging. These are all aspects of what's going on here with what's going on. And it doesn't matter where a person is in his or her life to get on board. You know, everyone is welcome. And uh, Lynette, you, your story just happens to be a particularly powerful one because you were one among so many millions and millions of Americans who didn't have a clue. You really thought McDonald's was food. You know, exactly. you just didn't know. And Kentucky and Fried I just Chicken, you know. Fish. I ate it all the time. Hey, I'm eating fish, so, you know, oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I'm thirsty. I think I'll have a Pepsi, right? Yeah. Right. It's right. just, it's so sad. I know. I, my mother was treating us that way too in our earlier years until when I was about 15 or 16. I kind of went, wait a minute. Are you sure? How come there are all these health food stores springing up around here, Ma? And she re- <laughs> it's a funny story. Later in her life, she said to me, Mitch, you know, you didn't know this, but when you started getting on your health food kick, I hated you. 
I said, no, how could you hate me? I'm your son. She said, yes, but I, I loved you, but I still hated you because you were disrupting the way I cooked in the kitchen and the way I conducted the family's food. And I hated you. <laughs> And you know what people don't realize, too, real quick? You know, when when you're battling with obesity or health issues, you know, the the food that we're eating plays into it so heavily. And if you just were eating the right foods, a lot of these chronic illnesses and diseases would, you know, if they didn't remove themselves, they'd at least be easier to live with. That's right. Yes, and your weight, you know, whether it was lack of weight or too much weight, would even itself out without all these crazy diets and all the money you spend on diets. If you just took that money you spend on all these crazy diet plans and just and buy microgreens and cryptocurrency. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, you're totally you know, right. You could really yes, change Gail? your life. I like. I feel 100 yes. percent better. Yes, you're absolutely right. In fact, what happens is the microbiome, our gut bacteria, and of course our bacteria in our body body far outnumbers our human cells you probably know that and more and more people are getting that message that our bacteria Mm -hmm. is actually keeping us alive i did an interview Mm -hmm. recently with a lovely uh physician named dr Raphael kelman who wrote the microbiome diet and it's not a diet in the way you were referring to lynette it's a way of life because through the eating, the ingestion of microgreens and healthy food, the gut bacteria gets balanced. And when it gets balanced, yep. issues around things like leaky gut syndrome or blood sugar issues or thyroid issues all get cleared up. You don't have to do anything special. You just have to eat in accordance in a certain way like you both are talking about, you and John. And uh, like the UPAG perspective, if you will, and uh, these things get cleared up, and um, and you don't need doctors, you know, you don't even need doctors anymore. You don't need all those. What do they say? Uh, an apple take, a day, right? Yeah. yeah. And you got to take, you know, the scientific companies who are genetically modifying our foods. The majority of them also own the pharmaceutical companies, you know. So I look at it like this. this is only in my opinion, but keep making us sick so you can keep feeding us your drugs. Well, no, thank you. I think I'll eat, you know, the food that is healthy for me to eat, and I'll stay away from the drugs, you know, and medications, and I'll live a longer, healthier, you know, productive life by doing so. No question. Thank you so much. We've run out of time and over here, but I just want to give each of you a chance to say your last words here to our audience. Sure. Thank you for having us on your – oh, go ahead. I, you didn't tell us who to start with. <laughs> Go ahead, Dale. Hey, either one. <laughs> Actually, I was going to say the same thing, Lynette. Thank you so much, for Mitch, Mitchell, for uh, inviting us to come on because it's wonderful to be able to have this kind of a platform and, an in, you know, a more in-depth, con- you know, conversation about yes. uh, not just what UPAG is all about, but uh, really what's happening out there uh, in, in yes. the, uh, the food industry. So thank mm, you very so much. And uh, so welcome. we appreciate all Pleasure. that you bring to this conversation. Well, thank you. And I think thank the only you, thing Dan. I would add to this is that no matter what, whether you use the UPAG microgreen system or not, to try to educate yourself and eat as healthy as you possibly can. It's not, you know, UPAG is a movement, and they have got 
incredible products. We love their products, but even more so the top of their mission is that everybody have access to the healthy food that's affordable. And no matter, you know, whether you already are growing it yourself um, or to find ways to grow it yourself is what's important to them and then to help spread the word. So I think that that would Beautiful. be the final thing I would like to say, of course, and then thank you for having us here too. Absolutely. Thank you so much. In other words, you could say, go green. Go green. Go green. Go white if you're here in Michigan. Absolutely. Thank you both again for the good work you're doing. And surely we can do this again. It seems like it's an an ever-flowing fount of knowledge and information speaking to the two of you. And, And then with John on, maybe we can find another time, you know, when he doesn't have to rush off like that and continue the dialogue because I think it's a very healthy dialogue, you know, that's part of what we eat. We hear, we eat and get nourished through each other's wisdom and our, each other's caring. So uh, thank you both for being on the show today. Thank you. And uh, thank you. we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Good night now. Bye-bye. Gail Rayhill and good night, Lynette Martin. And earlier we had John Hart with us for this very robust roundtable. I enjoyed it so much. I just learn so much from them and uh, it's just lovely and, and this is one of the things we actually love demonstrating on a better world when people's lives change they've been going down one path for a length of time and then they come across a new way of thinking a new way of seeing they get educated and zoop They go 180 degrees, sort of with the story that Lynette was telling us about her own self and how her life has now gotten transformed. And she, with Gail, are among the leaders in this UPAC movement. So it's truly a blessing for us to have been able to hear them out today on A Better World. So I want to thank all of you for listening. And as I said, if you are interested in more, you can simply get in touch with me here at A Better World at mjr at abetterworld.net. If you are interested in any of our other healing and consulting services, certainly be in touch with us by email or by phone at 212 420-0800, 420-0800, We love hearing from you and comments as well. And if you do not yet get our newsletter, make sure to go to www.abetterworld.tv and on the right-hand column you can uh, sign up for it. It's free. It comes out only once a week. We've got some interesting things going on here in New York, by the way, in the next couple of weeks, and all of that is on the website, so please check it out. We've got something big happening in respect to climate change, and that's at the Society for Ethical Culture on Drawdown, based on the work of Paul Hawken, his latest book on real solutions. climate change that we can all be engaged in in our own homes just like we can be growing microgreens through the UPAG system or as Lynette properly said through any system but just get healthy go green and we also have uh, the beautiful music of Deva Pramal and Mitten here in New York at Town Hall coming up 
in early September, September 7th. So love for you to join us for that as well. And you can visit my website also, my personal website having to do with my coaching and counseling at mitchellrabin.com, www.mitchellrabin.com. Remember also that we are a 501c3. We are a nonprofit organization, and we are able to continue our broadcasting and use this vehicle for communication and education through your kind donations. So thank you, thank you. They're tax deductible. And this is Mitchell J. Rabin. Thank you to my wonderful guests today. And I look forward to seeing you all next week. Mm -hmm.